Greetings from Bethel Church in Edgemont, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us today. I am Pastor Brad, and on behalf of Pastor Nancy, Bethel Church, and myself, we're glad that you are here. We hope that the message today is an inspiration for you. We hope that God's Word speaks to you. We hope that the Holy Spirit moves within you and that you are changed. Get ready. This is going to be good. Come on. everybody doing today? Good. Glad to see everybody here today. Our faithful 15. I said faithful 7 earlier, but we made it a little bit higher. So we are continuing this week with our second message in this series entitled White Elephant, The Gift That Nobody Wants. So let's recap a little bit from last week. Last week we talked about the fact that we often give white elephant gifts to God. We talked about things such as our church services themselves can be a white elephant gift to God because we're really not truly giving him what he wants. We talked about the fact that our worship time can be a white elephant to God. And as we were going through the worship and the sound gets kind of high and then it cuts out, and I was thinking everybody's probably internally freaking out right now, right? Because the worship wasn't perfect or was it too loud or was it too quiet? But really, worship is more about the volume and the lights, and the movement, and the lyrics. It's really about having that connection with God, and sometimes I think we fail to make that connection with Him. We also talked about last week that our time of giving can actually be a white elephant gift to God as well, because we don't truly give in the way that He wants to give. So this week, December 17th, that would be Friday, I've decided I'm going to skip work. I'm supposed to work that day, but I'm not going to work that day. Because we have our annual Bethel staff and board Christmas party. We had it last year. It was a lot of fun. Um, So I just said, you know what? Somebody, you're going to have to cover for me because I'm just not going to be there. So last year, we we had this gift exchange. We were told, spend $25, put put it, whether it's for a boy or a girl or a man or a woman, however you want to talk about it. And we, we did that thing where you draw names and to see what gift we would have. Now, I used to think when you played that game that you wanted the very lowest number possible, right? Because you're like, oh, I want to be the first one because I want to grab that big gift that looks really cool over there. And then I realized, no, if there's 30 people in the room, you want number 30 because this is how it works. You go through and you open up a gift and you take your number like this would be an unlucky number. So I would go up and I would go, do I want one of these presents? Or do I want one that's already been opened? And if one has already been opened, then I get to go over to that person and I get to steal it from them. Now, you can get a little bit overconfident in your fact that, yes, I stole that gift that I want, but you have to realize that somebody else probably wants the same gift too. So each of those gifts could be stolen, I think, three times. It was a lot of fun. It was a little bit stressful, I felt, but it was a good time. But see, this year, you know, last year I thought about the gift that I was going to buy, and I'm like, what would be the perfect gift? Buy a gift that you would really want, because obviously somebody else would want it too. So I got this little hand warmer, not the kind that you put the fluid and light and stink and stick in your pocket, but you could plug it into a USB port, and it gets warm, and it stays warm for about two or three hours. And I'm thinking, everybody loves to be out in, outdoors. Nobody likes to be cold. Everybody would like it. Nobody liked it. Somebody just took it home and is probably sitting in their junk drawer at home. So this year, I'm thinking, I'm given a white elephant gift. That's what I'm going to do because it'll be really safe, right? 
because I tried so hard and I just failed. So if you don't remember, just to kind of recap what a white elephant gift really is, it's something cheap or weird that you own because somebody else gave it to you. Like remember last week I talked about a snowmobile soup like from the 50s and 60s. Um, or it's something that you purchased yourself that you just have to have and then you realize, oh my goodness, where was my brain that day because I really don't want this. I've got tons of that stuff in our house. So if anybody's looking for a white elephant gift, I might be able to help you out. So I was thinking, what kind of gift could I possibly give that people would laugh about, but then they would think it was cool? So I'm like, well, I could go to the dollar store and buy like $25 worth of the weirdest boxer shorts I could find. That would be a fun gift. Everybody would laugh because... It would be cool. Or, or maybe some fluorescent socks, but then I thought, no, everybody likes cool socks now, so that's probably out. And then I was thinking, you know what? I've got this box at home that's got all of the gifts that elementary kids have given me over the years. Those of you who know anything about education or who have kids, you realize that all teachers have a box like that. Sorry, kids. Hate to break it to you. But anyway, so I was like, what am I going to give? So you know, the goal is really this. You, you get a white elephant gift. You want to give it to un, some unsuspecting soul, like maybe an in-law or maybe somebody that you only see once or twice a year because once everybody's done with the laughter, they're, they're stuck with the gift. It's really a second or third rate gift. It's an outcast gift. It's this gift that's a thrift store reject. I, I used to work at Office Max and every year we'd get this whole display that I would call white elephant gifts. There are those things that only come out once a year. They usually come in pretty cool packaging. Usually they're a miniature version of something like the mini pool table. I remember that. The miniature fridge that would fit six cans of pop. I remember that. But really there's something that's made in some foreign country that looks really cool. Somebody's like, oh, for 20 bucks I can get that and I'll be done. Or white elephant gifts are these are jokes at Christmas parties, like for your office and things like that. And sometimes they're given because quite frankly, you can't afford a really good gift. So you're like, well, if I get a white elephant gift, then everybody will laugh about it and they won't realize that I just couldn't simply afford to get a real gift. You know, at, at times when I was growing up and even in the not so recent past, Christmas had become kind of out of control. Everybody spent way too much money, so we decided we were going to draw names for Christmas. You, then you only have to buy one gift, and then you can concentrate all your energy on that. And I remember thinking about those things that I'm hoping I didn't get a certain person, right? As you're drawing them, like, oh, they are so difficult to shop for. I hope I, I really don't get them. Maybe it was a distant cousin if you had big families that come together. But imagine this, imagine if you were in that element that you were drawing gifts and you drew the name of somebody who had really treated you poorly in the past. Maybe somebody who had spread lies or rumors about you. Maybe that person in your family that always makes comments about you, makes you feel not so important. Maybe there's somebody who stole something from you, wrecked your car. Maybe they were just somebody who wasn't very nice and hurt somebody that you love. But, but the rule is, you get what you get, right? You draw the name, you have to buy that person a gift. What kind of gift would you give to somebody that you love, but yet you didn't really like because there was this past history? There was, there was this struggle. You know, would they be the, the candidate for a white elephant gift? Like, I'm just going to buy it. I'll be done. Everybody can laugh about it. Maybe at their sake, if you're feeling that way. But I'm going to change the rules. Now, imagine that there was a new rule introduced this year. And whoever's name you drew 
they actually got to pick something of yours to have. Okay, so instead of buying them a gift, they, they, they had the right to pick your most prized possession in the world. Maybe it's a, a boat or a car, or maybe they want your, your horse or, or your dog, or maybe you've got like some cool sports memorabilia. Or maybe it's some precious heirloom that's been passed down from generations to generations, or maybe it's just a picture of you and your dad holding the first fish you ever caught. The question is, would you be able to give it to them? Would you be like, okay, a rule is a rule. I'm just going to give this to them. Well, today we're going to look at God's gift-giving pattern and see what we can learn about how to appreciate and reflect Him during this time of gift-giving, because really, it's not about the gift. It's about the act. It's about how you feel. And as you can tell from the title of the message, we're going to focus on the fact that God's way of giving never included second or third-rate gifts. Okay, so ready? Let's look at the first fact that God gives us different kinds of gifts. Think about that for a moment. God gives us different kinds of gifts. What are some of God's gifts that He gives us? Let's review a few of those, for example. Number one, eternal life. The book of Romans 6.23 says that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. How about the next one coming up here? God gives us peace. The book of John chapter 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God gives us peace. How about this? Grace and faith for salvation. The book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works that so nobody can boast. We didn't have to do anything for that gift. How about our daily provisions, or I'll go back. How about wisdom for the trials of life? The book of James chapter 1, verse 5. Take this one to heart. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Okay, daily provisions for needs. I think oftentimes we get stuck in this phase where we're like, I just don't have everything that I need or that I want. God, why is it that I can't seem to do this? Why can't I make it through? Well, the book of Matthew chapter 6 says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. How about all the other countless blessings that God gives us? The book of John reminds us of this. It says, from the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. See, God has a style of giving, and I tell you today that God's gifts are good. How about the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17? It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So the question is, do any of these gifts that we just talked about, the ones that we just looked at, qualify as a white elephant gift? A second or a third rate gift that nobody could possibly want. I don't think they are. See, they're all good gifts. They come from God. They're worth having. They're worth desiring from the hands of God. Number two, I'm going to tell you this, that God's gifts are generous. The book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Praise be to God, the 
and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in this heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He doesn't just give us a few, the Scripture tells us. It's every spiritual blessing in Christ. See, He makes us heirs to the throne. Not heirs with Bill Gates or the Rockefellers, who sometimes I think we think about that. Wouldn't it be great to be some famous heir and have worldly, all that money and not have to worry about a thing, but God gives us a better gift. He makes us heirs with Christ. Suddenly, the Rockefellers or Bill Gates, they don't seem very significant anymore because we are heirs with Christ. How's that for thinking big? But the point is that if we want to reflect God's gift-giving pattern, we need to not think of what can I get away with this holiday season, but rather we need to think about how can I bless this person, okay? God's motivation for giving is simply this. It's out of love. He loves us so much that He gives us all of these gifts. And it's ironic during a time when we're in more of a giving mood, but we often find ourselves in this dilemma. What should I do? I don't know what to do. I need to give somebody a gift out of this obligation instead of a desire to bless somebody else. You know what I mean? Somebody gave you a gift and you feel obligated to give them a gift. Anybody ever show up at work and somebody brings you a gift? You're like, oh my goodness, this is so ironic. I was going to bring you a gift today too, but then something happened Then I left it next to the door. We tell that little lie and then we rush out and we get it because now we feel obligated to give them a gift as well. But do you realize that when God gives us gifts, He doesn't have to give us those gifts at all? There's no obligation at all. We don't deserve the gifts, and if we deserve the gifts, they wouldn't even be gifts at all. They'd be wages, right? You do something and you get something. That's called earning it. It's called a wage. But a real gift is something given out of a desire to bless the person receiving the gift, not out of obligation at all. So Scripture contains about 330 references to blessing, and over 300 of those refer to God's blessings to His people. That's pretty huge. And what's God's motivation for showering His people with a blessing? The bottom line is His love, His love for each and every one of us and for the whole world. Let's go back to the book of John for a moment. John 3.16. We see it all the time. We hear it all the time. We've, I, I've even seen football players with it written on their cheeks to block the bright lights. But in this case, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And oftentimes we, we stop right there. But if we go on to verse 17, it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. See, the Father loves to give gifts to His children. Think about that for a moment. He loves to give gifts to His children. So why do we give gifts to our family at Christmas time? Well, number one, it's a tradition, right? We just we do it because we've always done it. But the bottom line is our desire to see our kids or our spouse's face light up when they open up a gift and find something they like, right? I mean, that's why we have kids fill out Christmas gifts to, or lists to Santa so we can give them that perfect gift that will make them happy, at least for that moment of time. Anybody ever have this? Have your heart broken right before Christmas because you just can't do it as well as you would like? Okay. Maybe some of you feel that way. You'd love to give someone something amazing, but you just simply can't afford it. 
You just, there's not enough resources. I, I've been in that situation before. In fact, Pastor Nancy and I, we, I swear we uh, judge our, our marriage by Facebook memories, right? We're like, oh, it's been another year. Do you remember that? Because really, in the realm of life, we haven't been together a long time. But even in our short time together, there's been times where I've wanted to bless her and I simply could not. I don't know if you know this, but Pastor Nancy, one of her love languages is the gift of gifts. And I never really understood that because I thought people were like greedy if their love language was the gift of gifts. But really, it could be a penny. It could be, hey, I was going through the store and I saw this and I know that's your favorite snack. But her love language is gifts. Yet, being the awesome person she is at those times when she couldn't get those things that she wanted, she never complained and she's always been wonderful about it, really. But simply, there's been times that I just couldn't afford to give her what she deserved. And I'm going to tell you right now, I still can't. And not because of financial reasons, because every year that I spend with her, her worth increases. See, I know some of you can relate to this, that there's no gift on this planet that's good enough for the person you love. So I decided something this year. I'm just not giving her anything. Make it so much easier. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but it works. Okay, when our, when our youngest son, though, Brayden was little, you know, we come from a, a blended family, and when, when Brayden was little, I often felt like I couldn't compete with the rest of his mom's side of the family. See, step-grandpa step is a dermatologist. Grandpa owns like 12 banks. I mean, they had a lot of money. Xboxes, iPads, even cars were given at Christmas time. And so I often felt like I, I, couldn't be, I couldn't compete with it. So I always tried to find the greatest gift, the gift that would scream, this one is from dad. This reminds me of something that dad and I do together. And sometimes it worked out amazing. And sometimes he was super excited. Like firearms were always a really cool gift. <laughs> But other times, I would get this gift and I'd be like, this is the most amazing gift. And he'd say, Dad, I'm just going to keep it at your house. And then what would happen is time would pass and those items would be still stuck in the back of the closet, only to too soon be forgotten about. So here's the bottom line. I want to give gifts to my kids, to my granddaughter, to my wife for no other reason that I simply love them and I want to bless them. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something, and I'm probably going to get an amen for some of you. Sometimes my kids don't deserve gifts, right? Because sometimes they just don't seem to hit the mark, right? They don't deserve it, but really that's not the point. I just want to give them gifts. And all of you with kids and with family, you know that feeling. Well, I want you to imagine that feeling for a moment and then put yourself in the shoes of God. Multiply that feeling countless times over and over and you might get a sense of how God wants to bless you, His children. See, He wants to bless us. He wants to give us gifts. He wants to shower His love on us. You know, Jesus mentions in Scripture that even evil fathers know how to give good gifts to their children and how much more does our Heavenly Father desire to give good gifts to us? See, to give a gift is easy. But see... 
God's gifts are not a promise of material wealth. It's not a promise of the next new electronic or the next new plastic gift, but for His provision of everything we need to live in Him and for Him, that is His promise. I mean, what a great God we have. He loves us and it drives Him to bless us with countless gifts. So I'm going to go off on a tangent for a little moment, a little bit different story. Have any of you ever read the book or seen the movie Mommy Dearest? Some of you started to cringe because you know what I'm talking about here. But it chronicles the bitter relationship between Christine Crawford and her mother and actress Joan Crawford. Okay, so one of the most memorable parts of both the book and the movie for me is where a film crew is at their house when Christine was young. Okay, and Joan was already a famous movie star, so you imagine they had everything you would think going into a Christmas in a house like this would be amazing. Right, the house would be professionally decorated, there'd be catered food, the tree would be overflowing with gifts, not only from the parents, but fans that adored them and wanted to bless them as well. But when the interview asked Joan about those gifts, the answer was quite shocking. She said that the children had to earn the gifts before they could receive them. Okay, doesn't sound like much of a gift at all. I mean, I'm sure the gifts themselves were enjoyable, but the thought of earning a gift kind of defeats the purpose of giving a gift, doesn't it? I, I mean, I think so anyway. And requiring somebody to earn their gifts certainly doesn't reflect the character of God. Okay, so I want to come now into the message at a part to maybe apply, okay, Pastor Brad, what do I do with all this that you've told me? Well, number one, we need to receive the gift of God for ourselves. We need to receive it. I mentioned John 3.16 earlier, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. See, God gave us a Son so He could give us eternal life. And the Bible tells us that eternal life is a free gift. That's all it is. It's a gift. But you know what? There's something interesting about a gift. Not only is it not earned, it's not automatic as well. And so what do I mean by that? Well, for a gift to really matter to a person that it's intended for, it has to be received by that person, and that person actually has to take possession of it. As we were driving out of Hot Springs yesterday and we drew by, drove by the First Assembly Church, I said to Nancy, I'm so glad to see that there's not a box still sitting on the back stairs of that church. Because a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Keith said, I don't know who this goes to, but it goes to the First Assembly Church. Would you please deliver it for me? Well, there was nobody there, so I left the gift there and it had everybody's number on it. Somebody, I'm hoping, the recipient, picked it up and they received the gift because really the gift isn't a gift until we receive it. It can't be earned and no amount of good works will do it. So think for a moment about the most awesome person in the world who has done the most good in this world, at least in your opinion. Can you think of somebody, and I can, in fact, I can think of lots of people that fit that bill, and realistically, some of those people aren't even Christians, but they're good people. And the question is, do all their good that they do in this world get them into heaven? Like maybe they give generously to everybody, maybe they're super inspiring, maybe they're positive, maybe they're motivating, but does it get them into heaven? Not according to God. 
See, and since he's the only one who makes the decision, then we need to listen to him. See, the Bible says that our, in all our personal righteousness, all the goodness that we have and we do on our own, it's nothing but filthy rags to God. Okay? And they don't get us to heaven. Earlier we read in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See, the only person, only the person who has received the gift of Jesus gets to heaven. And if a person could earn his way to heaven, then the death of Jesus would simply be unnecessary. It'd be unimportant. And the words of Jesus would simply be worthless. But here's the bottom line. The Bible says that God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have life, and it's that simple. You either have Jesus, you either have Him, or you don't. See, Jesus says that those who don't believe in Him are condemned, but the good news is that He came so we could spend eternity in heaven. So I'm going to ask you a serious question, and the question is this, have you received God's best gift? Or do you even know if you've received God's gift. I mean, I stand up here as a pastor and there's days that I say, have I really, truly accepted the gift of Jesus? Like, truly accepted it. So do you even know if you received it? Well, if not, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you whether it's through the message or whether it's through a quiet time later on today. I'm going to ask you to open up your heart and ask Him to give it to you because it's yours for the asking. Anybody have a rough week? I walked into the school yesterday to get ready for a basketball game and the sound system wouldn't work. And I called the tech guy and he graciously ran in in his sweatpants to try to fix it. And he looked at me and he said, hey Brad, what's wrong? And I said, quite honestly, Joe, I have a horrible attitude. And I was honest about it, but then there, it's those moments in time that I'm like, have I really received the gift that God has given me? Because today my attitude stinks and I'm aware of it and I refuse to change it. Okay, But the Bible says that all we have to do is call on the name of the Lord and we'll be saved. That means you and it means me. See, sometimes we forget and it's not by the way we act and it's not by our attitude, but it's simply about saying, Jesus, I believe that you died so that my sins would be forgiven. Here's the second part. We need to offer the gift of God to other people. I sometimes think like we're, we're little elementary school kids where all we want to do is open up as many presents as we can and receive all the gifts. And when somebody asks them about them, we say that one word and you've all heard it. Mine. It's mine. Right? But really at this Christmas time, we need to offer the gift of God to other people. See, why would I spend time talking about the way God gives gifts? Not just because it's Christmas time, but because God's gift giving isn't limited to Christmas. Okay, it's because I'm of the opinion that we should imitate the gift giving of God in our own lives. And I know it's hard sometimes, but we need to give different kinds of gifts. We need to give good gifts and we need to give as generously as we can, motivated not by obligation, but out of love for other people. So if any of you are like me, you may not be able to afford fancy gifts for other people. And that's okay, because the issue for us isn't the price tag. The issue is that we reflect the love of God to other people. 
See, I talked earlier about Pastor Nancy and one of her love languages being gifts. It's not meaning that she wants a new car at Christmas every year. It just means I need a token that says, you were thinking about me. That may be a, a, a leaf that I picked up in the yard and said, hey, I just wanted to share God's beauty with you at this moment. See, I also want you to think back to the introduction where I asked you to think of somebody that you hold dear and how, or something that you hold dear and how you would react if the person whose name you had drawn wanted that very thing. Think about some of the characteristics that we talked about when describing that person. I said maybe the person had hurt you before, maybe they neglected, or maybe even they had stolen from you. Do you remember that moment? You were probably thinking, there's no way I could do it. I, I would throw the name back in and draw another one. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to I tell you something right now. Because I need to tell each one of you that each one of us is that person. See, we've sinned against God. We've turned our backs on God. We've lied to God and we've cheated and we've stolen. And you might be thinking, Pastor Brad, how can, how can you say such a thing? Well, the book of James tells us that if we keep the whole law yet stumble at one point, we've broken all of the law. And, what, and I'd venture out there that there's nobody in this room who hasn't broken at least one of God's laws in their lifetime. Yet we have the audacity to ask God for that gift. That gift of eternal life. And what does He do? He doesn't throw our name back in the hat. He grabs it graciously and says, you know what? I'm going to give you that one gift. Because I love you. And what did it cost God? We talked about the fact that sometimes we can't afford gifts, but what did it cost God? It cost Him His most prized possession. His Son, Jesus Christ. See, God didn't offer a white elephant gift. He gave us the very best He had to offer to sinners like you and to like me. So why not look for opportunities over the next couple weeks to talk to somebody how they can have the free gift of forgiveness and a home in heaven? See, not out of obligation, not because the pastor got up here and tugged at your heartstrings, but out of love for God and the love for those that God loves. Everyone. See, we don't have a God who gives out white elephant gifts. We don't have a God who says you need to earn this. We have a God that says you were placed on this earth for a purpose, and I love you. And my gift is an eternal life in heaven with me. Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You that You are a life-giving God. We are thankful that You are a God of light who has pulled us out of the darkness, Lord. In this Christmas season, Lord, we ask that You give us that, that vision. Allow us to see people the way that You see those people. Allow, allow us to love each and every person that we encounter the way that You love them, Lord. Free us from our preconceived notions. Free us from our hatred. Free us from our anger. And allow us to just see people the way You see them. And during this holiday season, Lord, don't let us get caught up on the, on the price tag because Your Son Jesus, He played the ultimate price. Lord, we thank You for all those blessings. We thank You for the gift of Christmas and this holiday season and what it truly means. And as we finish out our service today, Lord, and begin to speak to one another, Lord, help us all to feel welcome, feel like we belong. Help us to realize that 
this day is a gift that you've given us. Help us to see it as that and to rejoice in that fact. Help us to love on one another and to love ourselves when that time is difficult as well. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your holy presence. We ask your blessing upon each and every person in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.